Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for um, Saturday, March 28, 2020. Um, it's been um, over a month since the last episode. The last one was on February 22nd, um, back when we were all living our lives outdoors uh, with other people. So obviously, we're all in quarantine now, or at least, I guess, all of certain parts of the country are, it seems like, who knows what's going on in some places. But um, anyway, also if it sounds different, um, I know the sound quality hasn't been good in like a year, but um, I'm in the basement, our unfinished basement, recording this because now with um, with everyone sheltering in place, um, everyone's here, home all the time, so... Um, I have even less of an opportunity to record upstairs. So anyway, I'm just doing it down here. Um, yeah, in, in the basement right next to uh, my drum set. So yeah, so been living that um, quarantine life. We, we basically, I, I've basically been kind of like work from home and being, staying very home since like, um, well, the last time I went to work was March 5th. And then since then, I've been working from from home. Um, I played that show March sixth. I played a talking art. I get wild show March sixth. And then the last time I went out socially in any way was um, Sunday March eighth, uh, which was um, Gabe and I went to Bar Great Harry for an hour and a half um, on a Sunday afternoon. So I guess since then, it's been. Um, 20 days since I've kind of seen anyone really, done anything. Um, I have been to the fruit stand a few times, probably three times. Um, Julie has done much, most of the grocery shopping. The following week, we pulled Oliver the last day of school, that which was the 13th, Friday the 13th. And, um, and then over the weekend, they, they closed schools in New York. So we pulled him out one day before. Uh, but as you all remember, everything seemed to ramp up minute by minute that week. And so, yeah, by by Thursday, we were like, okay, he's in, we're not sending him tomorrow. Um, which was a shame because uh, his birthday is the 14th and we were going to have cupcakes and all that in the classroom. But obviously, that was <laughs> not a good idea and it didn't happen and he wasn't there. Um, so anyway, we did have a very small birthday party here, um, but here at home, but really, like his official party, which was going to be at a play thing around the corner, was canceled, um, just like everything else is canceled. So, um, but he had a happy birthday. He's he's fine. Just um, as long as there's cake and a candle to blow out, he was happy. Um, he had been looking forward to the play area, but you know he'll be he'll be okay. There's <laughs> there's other things to worry about, um, and 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 luckily he wasn't as sad as some other kids that I've heard who's had parties canceled and they were actually, they seem quite down. Oliver, he, 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 he doesn't like necessarily love parties to begin with. So he was, he was fine. Um, but anyway, yeah. So now we have like a new, new routine, which is just being at home. Um, that first week, last week, the week before this past week was, um, you know, kind of more manageable because, the schools didn't have the New York City schools didn't have anything set up yet, so Oliver kind of um, was on on a break, and that meant that I could work without 
you know, easily and Julie could work easily and Oliver could just kind of hang out and play and, you know, read books and watch TV. Um, but then starting this past week on uh, Monday the 23rd, remote school started, which is um, very involved. Uh, from what I understand, it seems to vary school to school and um, sometimes class to class. So I'm not sure, but at our school, um, at our public school, Oliver is doing has a lot of lot of stuff to do. There's um, a morning Zoom meeting, uh, morning meeting. Uh, there is an end of day Zoom meeting, and in between are assignments that are done through this app called Seesaw, which is awesome. You can like you log in and see your assignments, and you complete them within the app, and then you up, you upload them, and then the teachers comment and like them and then you, they leave comments and you can leave comments back and like their comments. It's pretty funny. Um, it's actually really cute. So uh, his days are pretty busy because um, he has these Zooms and then in the middle he has these assignments to do. And then for his various therapies and, and special classes like art and science and, and all this, there are Zoom meetings for those too. And it can get overwhelming because you know a first grader runs out of interest with looking at all these Zoom meetings all day. But um, anyway, I'm pretty impressed with uh, the remote schooling schedule that they set up in a week. And I am super impressed with our incredible two teachers, uh, Oliver's two classroom teachers, as well as all of the teachers at his school. Um, Just amazing. Um, They're really awesome. And honestly, the students are amazing too, to just adapt to all this. So that's been great. Um, so the weekdays are really, they're very busy and, and kind of like, I mean, I'm exhausted at the end of every day because I'm doing my own work. I'm scheduling with Julie about who, who has meetings when and Oliver's doing his school too and his meetings. So it's a very long day from like waking up and trying to get stuff done to um, well, around three o'clock it eases up because Oliver's done with school and then he just chills out. And then by you know the end of the workday, it's obviously that's great too. But um, honestly, once I get to three o'clock, I feel like I can gr- breathe easy and just you know concentrate on work and it's nice and easy throughout to through to the rest of the day. But wow, it's like um, it is it is a lot. So <laughs> I am very much enjoying the weekend right now. Um, so. Yeah, so I never leave except for once a day, most days I go running and I try to go, I've been trying to go early in the morning because the week before last, I could only get out, because we were trying to figure out our schedule, I could only get out in the evenings after work and that's when everyone else was running and it was, people were, solo runners were respecting distance then, but um, you also had a lot of people that I, I'm guessing aren't normally runners. They may they may have been forced out onto the street because of their gyms closing. And I know there's just a lot of people out there, which is totally understandable. Um, but I've started going in the morning, and it is it is empty, pleasantly empty, and um, and yeah, with each passing day people really know to just keep your distance. Like now, since there's way less traffic, both pedestrian and car traffic, I mean, people just like, you see you coming a a block away and one of you will move to the other side of the street or go into the street for a while, which is not that safe. But when you're in like Red Hook or the boonies of Gowanus or Carroll Gardens, there's like, there there are no vehicles coming for blocks and blocks, you can see. So 
Um, it is an interesting time, but oddly, I've gotten a, to be a better runner lately because I'm just just <laughs> running, and I don't know, just kind of. I've been eating healthier too during quarantine, which is sort of the opposite of what the cliche, I guess. But the tension and the anxiety of of, of this all, like. I default to eating better. Um, not that I'm trying to do that, but I'm glad that my body does that, you know, without thinking about it. But yeah, I don't over snack or overeat or anything. It's just, I'm so tense that like, it's like, I know that I need to feel good physically to be able to handle all of this. So I've been eating well and like kind of dropped like seven pounds in three weeks, which is great. Um, so I guess that's the one the one personal silver lining for me for all of this. So we've been like um, you know, quarantined, but uh you know, we live in the garden apartment of um a house that my brother and sister-in-law and nieces live in. Like they own it and they live upstairs. So we're even though it's two units, we all live in one house and we share the yard and we go back and forth via the back and um we share the basement where I am now and so we've all like kind of like we're all one group, one family. So it isn't just the me, Julie, and Oliver in quarantine. It's like seven of us, which makes things a lot nicer because we have like just the amount of people I have I can see face to face is increased. So we see them and like, for example, now several Saturday nights in a row, my brother-in-law and I just come to the basement on Saturday and we just drink and talk and listen to music and just kind of, you know, try to blow off steam, I guess. And we talk about this whole thing and we talk about 80s metal and we talk about all sorts of things. And that's been a great um, kind of like stress reliever. Um, so I guess overall, I'm, not, I'm personally not stir crazy yet because I've gone into this with a sort of Zen outlook of, you know, this is, this is life indefinitely and it's not going to always be like this. But for, if there's no like even rough date on the horizon, why even think about it? So for me, it's just life is just being in our house and running once a week and getting work done and being grateful to be able to work and work from home and making sure Oliver stays structured with school and trying to stay healthy. And uh, yeah, it's uh, such is life. Um, my parents are who, I, who I'm really... Uh, let's see, concerned about because, you know, they're elderly. My dad is 94 and my mom is 85. Yeah, 85. 85 no, 84. And um, yeah, so they are obviously in a high-risk group and in a terrible turn of events. You may have remembered that my dad had gone back to the hospital a month and a half ago and he had, after after the hospital stay, gone into the rehab center that he's been to a few times. Well, that turned into... We knew he wasn't strong enough to leave. So on March 1st, he entered the nursing home wing of this rehab center slash nursing home. And um, <clears throat> and uh, we're taking it month by month. But the awful timing of all of this is on like March, whenever it was, uh, I guess it was, it was like in the last, it was like two weeks ago about that. Yeah, the nursing, the home, the center in Cincinnati, uh, very, you know, wisely, closed themselves off to visitors. And my mom had been spending like 20 hours a day there. She was spending the night, which is not technically legal, but there's such familiar faces and 
they're they're very accommodating there. They they let my mom sleep on an air mattress in his room. So and you know his his mind is also going too. So at this point, now now he's there, and then my mom had to leave and not visit, and he's not entirely processing it. And on the last night she was allowed to stay, we, I FaceTimed with him and I was trying to explain to him what was going on in very clear terminology and he seemed to understand and he had a pleasant smile on his face, but I'm not sure what he understood. So I guess he sometimes understands because the staff there tells him every day when he says no one visits me, but also um, you know, he just kind of forgets. So my mom has been driving there um, to my chagrin, but at least she's not going into any stores. She drives to the parking lot because it's a one floor place single floor place and she parks near his window and gets out and talks to him on her phone, on her iPhone. And she calls the room or she FaceTimes with the staff. They facilitate it all. And it's very sad. It's like that thing on that went around the internet where the guy held up a happy anniversary sign to his wife in the nursing home. Well, this is like that too. (laughs) Um, so yeah, pretty sad. Um, I really feel for my dad and my mom, though thankfully for the first time since he had my dad had a stroke two years ago, she's getting sleep for more than one or two nights in a row, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, weird that it's like yet another bizarre silver lining out of all this, um, even though I would much prefer to not have these silver linings, obviously. Um, let's see. I guess that's about it. I'm sure everyone else is dealing with the same thing. Um, haven't spent much money because we're spending money on groceries and then just kind of like there's nothing to spend on if you go out. We've been making donations and I've been trying to support the local businesses that are like the biggest parts of my life in normal times. Like I donated to the Bar Great Harry Bartender Relief Fund and I'll probably donate again, like and again after that, just like maybe spend the amount of money I would have spent there anyway and just give it to that fund. I've been ordering Three's Brewing Beer to keep them afloat, help keep them afloat. They launched direct order a direct order store on their site yesterday, and um, the one of the co-founders, Justin, was telling me that it's going really, really well. And um, fortunately, and like you know, they're just like overwhelmed and in a good way, and they are so relieved that it's going well. So uh, that's great, um, and they're repurposing you know employees. Like the former director of like events is now handling logistics. You know, kind of obvious things like that. So anyway, I hope um, everyone listening is keeping safe, all of my friends. And um, what else was I going to say? No, I just want to shout out my friend Roth in Cincinnati, who is a health worker. He works at the Christ Hospital. Um, He's an x-ray technician at the Christ Hospital in Cincinnati, um, which is near UC, where all of the big hospitals in Cincinnati are. Cincinnati is a big medical town, and Roth is part of it, and he is... You know, it's cliche to say, but he is on the front lines, and you know, Roth and all medical workers are heroes. Um, what they're doing, you know, I don't think I could do, and I'm certainly not trained to do it. So, Roth, if you hear this, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's in six months, if you catch up, um, shout out to you. Um, well deserved. I'm uh, sending some gratitude your way. Um, let's see. Got a few minutes left um, before I have to avoid 
my gr- mobile garage band cutting it off and I have to do some editing, which I never like to do. Um, let's see. Books. I have not read books lately because I've been like kind of freaking out, scrolling Twitter till midnight. Um, Trick Mirror, I have two chapters left to go, two essays to go. I had two essays left to go when I stopped commuting, and I haven't read those two essays yet because I'm just not in the mood to read those in bed. It's a weird thing to read like before I go to sleep. I don't know why I'm not in the mood to read Trick Mirror. I've been, I'd borrowed from the library before all this happened until the end of time by Brian Greene, who's a Columbia physicist, and he writes fairly dense but, a, but meant to be user-friendly books on astronomy and philosophy and time and science and space and the universe and this is a great book and this is what I read you know before I go to sleep but it is very dense and I'm like 50 pages in and since the library has already notified us that we have kind of indefinitely to hold on to these books I'm in no hurry to read it um, or to finish it but that's good because that's taking me a long it would take me a long time anyway um, quickly want to move on to music. Um, before all this happened, I was going to recommend stuff like, which I still am, Joe Westerlin, my my bud, Joe Westerlin, he was in a band called Megaphon. He's in Durham, North Carolina. He drums for a band called Mandolin Orange. He put out a sort of like ambient, country ambient folk record called um, Reveries in the Rift. Really good. You can find it on Bandcamp. Um, I listened to Micaiah McCraven's We're New Here, which is like a reimagining of the reimagined Gil Scott Heron album from 10 years ago. I'm not, I'm new here. Um, let's see. Last Saturday, when my brother in law and I were drinking in the basement, we listened to a lot of Dokken, um, Lock and Key, uh, David Lee Roth, Skyscraper, and Eat em and Smile. Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhodes, the tribute album, which is, a, of course, a live slash odds and sods classic. Um, SOD, because SOD came up via Anthrax discussions and he had never heard of SOD. And SOD is this weird, obviously hardcore band that does like 45 second long hardcore songs that a guy I used to know in junior high who was older than us and drove would listen to in his car when we were driving. He used to just scare the scare the crap out of me. Um, and we listened, I've been listening to a lot of REM oddly in the last week. And, um, speaking of REM, Bill Rieflin, their latter era drummer died. He was also in the King Crimson and ministry. And I think revolting Cox and a million other bands and played with Robin Hitchcock and the, uh, what do you call it? The Venus three. Anyway, um, I have a Bill Rieflin story, which is that when Taka Taka opened for Robin Hitchcock um, and the Venus Three in 2009 at the Bell House, um, we kind of got to know them because they borrowed some gear from us and they asked ahead of time. So they knew that we were bringing it. We brought some amps for them, extra amps. And Scott McCoy and Peter Buck were there to help us load in when we when we pulled up to the Bell House to load in the stuff as a first thank you for loaning them gear. Anyway, uh, we uh, we did our sound check, and when I came off, Bill Rieflin was there, kind of by himself in that stage, that backstage area in the Bell House where that green room is in the corner. Um, you know that if you've ever been to the Bell House, even if you haven't been backstage, you know the door back there is like to the right if you're facing the stage. And he was right there, and he just said, "Sounded good." And I said, "Thanks," and we talked for a few minutes about what I can barely remember, but I was talking about how I liked having two little like small tambourine bell trees on my hi-hat rod stand. Instead of one, I use two, you know, and I do them like upside down, which is something I think I 
Brian, I took from Brian Devendorf, who was doing it back then. And I told him this, and Bill's listening to me, and then he just says, you know, deadpan, you know, they make double things of those. I was like, ah, okay. So I don't have to do two singles. Got it. And what's funny is reading all these, um, you know, remembrances of him this week. They all describe him, his personality, exactly what I what I discovered talking to him, which is like very gruff, very deadpan, very sarcastic, but very kind. Um, so he will be missed musically by me, and I get, and he clearly had many friends. Um, so what else? I guess guess that's kind of it. I'm sure I'm missing stuff, but you know what is stuff these days, right? Anyway, um, yeah, that's it. Um, just keep safe. Um, practice social distancing. Don't go out unless you have to. Wear masks if you can. I, when I go to the store, I wear like um, bandana, and it's like even that helps. And it also sends a nice visual sign, like you know, keep away from me. Which I think um, my friend Rick Webb mentioned on his podcast. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's right. It tells. It sends a message. Um, but we found like four masks and 95 masks at our local deli, which we bought. So I haven't used them, but I, when I next go to the fruit stand or whatever, I, I will wear it. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Shout out to every one of you. And I, I hope we all get through this in a, uh, with our sanity intact. I'm sure we will. Um, this is something we'll remember for uh, the rest of our lives, <laughs> right? Um, anyway. Uh, it's always something in life. So for, let's see, Saturday, March 28th, this is the Conrad Life Report. Um, see you next time. Stay safe.